0: The Balga Soccer Club is proudly sponsored by Beyond Tools, Master Cabinets, Ross Realty, Mirabooka Mechanical and Tires, Jensen and Maluga Legal, Zetagrid, PnN Bank, The Australian Mining Review, The Bass Agency, and Wally's Tacos. Southwest Phoenix Football Club are proudly sponsored by Elders Real Estate, PCS Protective Coding Systems, Enhanced Health Group, Onside Sports. McDonald's Fencing, Millard Marine, Linkford Construction, Beach Life, and Sport and Spine Physiotherapy. Thanks for supporting local football, guys. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Balgar Soccer Club podcast. We're fortunate enough to be joined by Southwest Phoenix Football Club's head coach, Nick Carter. Nick, how are you going?
1: Yeah, and good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for coming on. Um, really appreciate your time. Um, you've got a game on tonight.
1: That's right. Yes, we play Ashfield in our round two COVID catch-up game. So that's, uh, that's tonight at 7.30. So if you want to get on, in the car and make your way down, you want to welcome to.
0: So it's, it's all the way down in Bunbury. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair enough. Look, I think that that's fair enough. A midweek game is very difficult at this level of football, but especially for um, a club such as yourself, where you know you have to do the travel. At least this time, Ashfield can go all the way down and visit the boys on your turf.
1: Yeah, definitely. We had to do it for Gosnells the other week, so um, yeah, it's just part and parcel. Uh, football in WA,
0: really that's it uh, before we jump onto to before we start talking about that Gosnell's game i'll let you know that i actually came to that one um and yeah we'll, we'll jump onto to that as as we go um sure so um firstly welcome to state division two it's your first season um with the southwest phoenix in the state division how are you feeling
1: uh only as coach i was with them when we won the league in 2011 as a uh, team trainer so it's uh it's kind of, well, how can I put it? Like It's good to be back in the state league, I must admit,
0: uh, just in a different capacity, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, definitely changed a lot. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, um, look, I think what you're doing over at Southwest Phoenix is amazing, personally, just as a fan who's watched from afar. um, For the people who don't know, Southwest kind of went through a period where they dropped out of the state league. And you can clarify this for me, Nick. Was it basically just to availability of players at the time?
1: Yes, and some other stuff that went on. Unfortunately, um, uh, there was a big, a big exodus of players mm. uh, for one reason or another. Yeah. And we just couldn't feel the team. Um, and yeah, so the club had to come out of the league for one season. Uh, they were informed that they would go back into State League, good too. But uh, fortunately and unfortunately, they ended up in the amateurs. Right. So yeah, that's just what happened.
0: Look, and that, that's not necessarily, that's neither here nor there. It's not the best, um, I guess, solution, but it wasn't the worst either because um, I think that you, it kind of did your club in a way a, a favour of really, I mean, consolidating itself because it had an absolute brilliant season in the amateur prems.
1: Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt, like, you, kind of brought a lot of uh, the players home again uh, just for one last hurrah, and uh, we managed to win the league as a bunch of makes really, and get, get the club back to where it should be.
0: But credit goes to you for that, Nick. As, as uh, I guess, uh, and the club as well. But definitely, you're you're a big driver in that because I remember seeing on Facebook when Southwest um, appointed you the head coach, you could see just on social media alone um, the impact that that had because the amount of people who were right behind you from the get go, um, and the amount of players that you seem to get down um, into the Southwest team. Um, so, honestly, credit goes to you, Nick.
1: No, I appreciate that. Thank you. It was a long slog and the job's not over, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) That's it. Um, So just a bit about yourself, Nick. So like you said, you've been at Southwest Phoenix before. Um, Do you want to give, I guess, the um, listeners a bit of an overview of of your um, footballing history in Western Australia?
1: Yeah, so I, I came over in 2011 to work for Southwest Phoenix. I used to work for Ferry uh, Football Club is uh, pretty much the club video. I was a uh, assistant club video there. I came over here because one of my friends was playing, so I ended up with Southwest Phoenix as the head trainer. Um, I got into coaching just with Jamie Oakey, really. Uh, moved to Kalgoorlie, coached there, come back, coached here. and uh, I had a couple of years at Rockingham City, um, and that really gave me a feel for it. And I... Uh, yeah, it's just I've never looked back. I, I do love coaching. It's really, it's really, really rewarding. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a kids coach as such. So it's kind of ironic that really I've only really coached seniors. I think there's two different types of coaches in the world, and you've either got to be one or the other. Um, but yeah, it's hard enough off at the moment. I coach my, uh, I help coach my sons on the sixes team, and sometimes I kind of think like I'm uh, just be back to the seniors.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely is. I think that it's just. You know, it's kids and adults. Kids just look at the world so differently, and I think that you're right. The um the skill set that you need to coach kids is very different to the skill set that it takes to coach um adults. But both are just as rewarding. At least that's from from my own personal experience.
1: Oh, definitely, it is very rewarding. Just on different ends of the scale, isn't it? Like it's, I it like actually saw my my son's teammates just kick the ball for the first time and just see the smile on the faces, and then. At the other end, you see, like, we won the league last year and all the families come together and how happy everyone were, just a bunch of mates just, you know, winning trophies. And, yeah, completely two different spots, but so rewarding on either side.
0: And it was a big deal last year as well, because I know that, if I, if memory serves me correct, um, you had, it was quite touch and go all the way to the end of the season. You were very close with Maddington White City.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, It was also our 20th year last year Beautiful. and also 10 years since we last won the league, so uh, it was quite... Quite there and I remember at one point in the season we just got beat off Mannington three nil and they went they went a few points ahead of us and then we played Wednesday night beat I think it was UWA they drew and then they drew on the start of week one and we ended up being one point ahead of them all the way to the end of the season so fair dues to Mannington for pushing us all the way uh, it was a, it was a very, very touching goal season.
0: Well, it it, it it seems that it was that game that was really the catalyst for the rest of the season because your boys ended up winning the last six games of the season to take it home. So you deserve to be in the state league by by all accounts, by all metrics, anyway.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like we had a, I don't want we don't now, but last year we had a great group of players that were leaders, and it, you know, the, after the game, they all said this doesn't define us. There's still a long way to go in the season, and. And yeah, credit to them, Uh, it proved right.
0: That's it. Now we move into um, State Division 2 in 2022. How are you finding um, the jump in quality or the jump in, I guess, um, football, uh, at least the football experience? It
1: is different. Um, I think realistically, uh, people have a way of playing and they try and get your weaknesses uh, more. Like, you know, you've got more teams that finish the chances, I always kind of say, like, you know, the more and more you go to the leagues, the different types of chances you get. So in amateurs, you might have 10 chances and score two. In state league two, you'll have 10 chances and score five, you know. And state league two, it's 10 and score six. MPL 10 and score ten, you know. And that I think that kind of defines the different leagues. So it, it is a, it has been a challenge, especially with a lot of players retired, uh, others have been picked up by other clubs, but I mean, we're, we're still here, we're still about there, and it's a close league at the
0: moment. Well, look, I, I went to your game, the midweek game, like I said, when you versed Gosnells, and you, you had to go all the way out to Gosnells on a Wednesday night. Now, it's hard enough to go to Gosnells on the best of days, but on a, on a cold Wednesday night, it's never ideal. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I actually think that you guys put on a, a very brave performance, considering um, your team would have had to travel. Quite a fair distance just to even get to the park.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like it, it was, it was, it was frustrating to lose one nil, and we've seen to just give away goals this year uh, in those aspects. You know, it's happened on more than one occasion in more than one game, and it's just it's what it is. But then, you know, that being said, we went to Juno City and uh, they destroyed us. You know, it's uh, well they didn't destroy us, but they they had the better up. it. Peacock's it, it, got. Three, but we pushed up. It's just, it's just about the players getting used to uh, the league and the standard of players. I think really.
0: Yeah, look, and that's true. I mean, it it also it, it seems to me that you also have a relatively young squad. At least you know from what from what I could see, your boys seem to be a lot younger than at least that Gosnell's team and even from the Balga team that I see so far.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we've got one player. Um, well, we've got what like, three players over the age of thirty. One player that's 28, and the rest of all them the 23. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it, it is a really young squad. We knew there would be a transition phase uh, for the club. Uh, I just was hoping it'd be one more year uh, later than it happened, but we just get on with it, and uh, we've got a good young group of players that are coming through.
0: Yep, yeah, no good call and. Look, I think you can definitely say it's not for want of trying. Um, You know, maybe the results so far haven't gone your way this season, but um, there's a lot of heart there. I think that there are other teams in the league who, you know, probably get away with having players who are a bit more experienced, but when the going gets tough, they tend to crumble. Um, But I haven't seen that at least so far from your team. So, look, take credit. I think that will be a very different second half of the season than than it has been for the first half for your team.
1: No, I hope so. I hope you are right on that aspect. And I do think it's true. I think it's spot on. We won't Yeah.
0: So we'll just go through the season so far. Round one, you took on Curtin University um, and first game in in the league is always a difficult one. But you happen to be going up against Curtin, who I think are having the best season that they've had in a long time in the State Division 2.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we went one 0 after about five minutes as well and I thought, Oh yeah, this is great, welcome to State League and then Curtin definitely give us a welcome to State League, you know, with uh with a B five one I think it finished in the end. But it's uh, obviously it's not easy going to Curtin this season. Mm. And um yeah, credit to them. They uh, they put us to the sword and they have done that a few times this season.
0: That's it. And then after that you went on to Morley Windmills as the second fixture.
1: Yeah, that's right. We we unfortunately all contracted COVID on the bus home. Of
0: course. So we
1: had to miss round two and three, and then we played round four at Morley. Mm. Uh, and yeah, they were just they just come on the new management at the time, and we uh, we were lacking players, still recovering from the after effects of COVID, and uh, it just didn't work out for us.
0: No, fair enough. And look, Morley are one of those teams where on on their good day they're they're probably. I'd say one of the better technical teams in the league. And then, you know, they, they just seem to be suffering from a bit of inconsistency. But I don't think that, you know, an early change in, in management usually leads to things like that. But um, moving, yeah. moving on, um, the next game, you're at home versus Wanneroo and a 3-3 result, first points on the board for the season.
1: Yeah, right, Babio scoring the equaliser in the 92nd minute, I think it was. So that was obviously uh, a good game. Um, and you know, like getting those points. On. I think that was something like one of his four 3 3 or something like that at the time. So they must have been frustrated by that. But yeah, it <laughs> good to be good to get a point on the board.
0: Oh, good stuff. And um, the next one, and I actually only recognised this when I was looking at the scores. Um, you picked up three points against top of the table, Karima Shamrock.
1: Yeah, it seemed to be the way, didn't it? Like it, uh, it was a very well disciplined performance. Um, I actually missed that game unfortunately, I just landed back from England that day, I had to go back to England uh, for a week or two, so I missed that one, but uh, so it wasn't yeah, from your te- was, Culverance.
0: It wasn't from your technical now so that uh, the boys managed to get over the line unfortunately.
1: <laughs> well, my assistant coach was messaging me all week and it was like, I don't know, 2am my time I don't know, when he was messaging me, but <laughs> I've got probably the best assistant coach in the league without a doubt and he managed to go there and pick up the points, so that was great, for it, uh, great by him and great by the team.
0: Yeah. No, well, well done. Hey, look, I mean, it, it, there's only been two teams that have managed to, to pick up points from Karama this season. So, look, it's a massive, massive result. You should be really, really proud of that. Yeah,
1: definitely. It is, and he kind of was hoping it set us up for a season, but we've just been unlucky over the last... A few
0: weeks And just not been at the races Yeah but look Same same kind of thing I mean We won't I'm not just going to go through The rest of your, your games One by one But the other notable game That I that think is worth discussing Is 1-1 against Kingsley Westside Now the reason that I say that Is yeah. I think that Kingsley and Caramar Are probably The two front runners For the league At this moment in time um, oh, I, I agree You know And they, they seem It's I think it's warranted as well Because they're not The kind of teams That are winning it By hook or by crook I feel like they're actually You know, they're they're teams that could shake it in um, State Division 1. So I think that they are where they are on their own merit. But I think to pick up points against um, both of those teams are massive. Now, on the flip side of that, your team's suffered from COVID and have had their COVID issues. But you think about it, that midweek game fixture against Gosnells, when your team plays three games, you know, in a a short period of time over the course of a week... You know, especially for young players who don't might not quite have the experience. If you don't have the depth, it's always going to play havoc with you know how your season's going to pan out. No matter what anyone says.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we we lost a couple of players over that time as well. Uh, you know, one of the good things about winning the league is you win the league. But one of the bad things is people and teams come in for your players. So I mean, I signed one for three games, and uh, now he's, he's been offered good money and he's moved to Perth. You know, it's it's great to win. Mm. Uh, for putting in those performances, but it's just frustrating for us because we're losing a good player.
0: That's it. And may I ask what club he went to?
1: Uh, I don't think it's official yet, so I can't. Can't Fair enough. No, so, that,
0: that's fair yeah, enough. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, it's just, it goes in roundabouts. We picked up Mitch first, uh from Rockingham because he's moved to the area now. So, I mean, that's a quality signing on our behalf. Um, mm. And it's a big loss for Rockingham. But... Um, it just it swings in
0: roundabouts And that's part of football I suppose Yeah No that's it That's it Now moving on This week So you've got Ashfield at home tonight um, That That's yep. actually a big game For you guys Because it seems that I mean It's even a big game For Balga as well Because we all seem to be Sitting <laughs> in the bottom half Of the table at the moment And um, but I think that you you got your really good sniff at tonight's game, considering Ashfield have, have played on the weekend. They're going to come all the way out to Bunbury for a midweek fixture. How are you feeling about tonight's game? Uh,
1: I can I put it. Um, I, listen, I'm always going into games confident. I believe in my team's ability. Uh, I've had one player pull out at four o'clock. He's had an accident at work, so you know that. Happens. Kind of what it is. And uh, a couple of players that are working and, uh, you know, because we've got a young squad, some of them are on school camp. So I, I'm missing a few, but I, 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 can't, I am quietly confident. However, I understand Ashfield can't be underestimated they have got some good players there. Uh, I think they've just been unlucky at times like us. Mm. Um, they'll be coming down here, probably achieving that they have to come down here on a Wednesday night. So they'll be up for it, and they, they won't want to go back without anything but three points. I'm I'm sure of it. So it's going to be a good test, good test for some of the players to be able to step up. Um, and yeah, it's currently raining at the moment. It's supposed to be torrential rain. So this is my kind of football, I suppose.
0: Beautiful. Why not? Hey, I mean, if you're going to go out for a midweek fixture and you have to travel, I figure that it might as well be in the wet because what else can you throw at the team, <laughs> yeah. right?
1: Exactly. I just hope they drive safe. That's my
0: only concern. No, they'll get there fine. Um, so then that leads, leads us to the weekend fixture. Um, it's Southwest Phoenix versus Balga. Um, some say that this is going to be the match of the season. Um, I agree with them. <laughs> um, I know that uh, the Balga coach and the first team, uh, and all the teams, to be fair, are very excited to come down to the Southwest. I asked, we have a, a resident um, member and fan of the club who knows Balga inside out. In fact, he knows the state leagues and, and Western Australian football um, very in, in a lot of detail. So I thought before the game, before this interview, I'd ask him a couple of questions about... Um Balga's history. Jacob, this is Jacob, and I thought that I'd ask him. <laughs> Look, what's what? What is there anything interesting um, that I can talk about on the pod, podcast um, about Balga and Southwest? And he goes, Yeah, there is. He goes, This is actually the first fixture that their first competitive fixture that we've ever had together. So, oh, um, wow. yeah. My my understanding is the last time that Balga actually came uh, went down to Bunbury was they versus Bunbury United. I think it was back in the nineteen nineties. So it's the first time that that Bagel would have come all the way um, down. So it's very exciting for the club, to be fair.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And no, that'll be, it'll be. I didn't. I didn't realize that. That makes, makes it more special. I like
0: that. Yeah, it does. It kind of. I think it reignites. Um. Well, it ignites what could be um a great fixture um running into this season because, you know, I think that Balgan hasn't necessarily had, had the greatest start. Um. You know, but not a similar similar kind of start. I guess in ways to to Southwest Phoenix. The difference is is that Balga have had a fair few seasons in the state division 2 now. Um and yeah. it's always dangerous when you go up going up against an unknown commodity.
1: Yeah, definitely. It it is, and like uh, obviously Gerard's your coach and I've come up against him uh, in under eighteen, so um uh, I know that he's a very good technical coach. Uh, I know Bauga's a young side as well. Um, with a little bit of experience in there, uh, similar to us, so I think it's gonna be a very competitive game.
0: No, we're really we're really, really looking forward to it. Before I leave you, Nick, um, I just wanted to ask a couple of questions. We for people who come onto this podcast, um, a bit of a you know, we, I guess managers don't necessarily um, get the opportunities to do a lot of these kind of things. It usually ends up being the players or the presidents of clubs. So we thought we'd do something different. Ask a couple of personal questions. Um, who's sure. the football team that you support? Any anywhere, any league, any division? Who's who's the, your number one team that you follow? Uh, Liverpool hard Liverpool fans so you've been devastated over the course of the last couple of weeks.
1: I, I was I, I was actually in England uh, when they played Villarreal in the first leg, so I, I managed to go to it, which I was very excited about. Beautiful. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, I kind of thought we'd go on and win it, but oh, it's just it's what happens, I suppose. Two out of four is not too bad.
0: Champions League football. No, good stuff. Um what about your favorite manager of all time?
1: My favourite manager will probably have to be Alan Mil. He was uh, the manager at Ferry Football Club when I was there, and I just liked his passion, uh, his no shit attitude. Uh, he just—I I learned a lot at such a young age. Even when I was a, you know, team physio, I, I just learned so much from him. Mm. And uh, I just kind of say, like, he's, he played one game for Wales. like, he always tells us, and he marked Van Basten out the game, <laughs> and that's just the kind of person he is. No, so, yeah, I'll probably say Alan Mill.
0: That's really that's actually a good one. I'm gonna to have to have a um a bit of a research on that. Um one of the things that we've found <laughs> so far is that it's so interesting. Football football managers come out with different um people that they or different managers that they follow or aspire to be. What I have found so yeah. interesting so far is no one has mentioned any of the big stars. So for example, your Jose Mourinho's your Pep Guardiolas, no manager that I've spoken to um has said any of them they all have their own different person that they follow who have usually very different personal characteristics. So it's just a very interesting point to, I guess, listen to.
1: Yeah. I, I think, like, a lot of people obviously do look up to those type of coaches, I think. But I think a lot of people kind of resonate with, like, lower league coaches as, as such, I'd probably say. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, Jurgen Klopp's probably the best coach ever with what he's done. Uh, obviously, being a Liverpool die-hard fan, I'm sure some city <laughs> fans will say Guardiola. But, um, yeah, like, he's just... And you kind of resonate with people of your own character, I suppose, don't you?
0: That's it. No, fair enough. And last one, um, goals and aspirations for this season. Um, where, you know, let's say it's at the end of the season comes around, where do you either want yourself or your club to be?
1: Um, I would love for us to reach uh, being the top six, pushing for top four. That was our goal at the start of the season. Um I'd love for us to kind of push on. Obviously, it's not started well, but I think you mentioned it before. You look at the league table, and every, it's very, very close and very tight. Obviously, you've got uh, Caraman and Kingsley up there who are kind of shooting ahead from everyone, but it's very, very close, and a few wins and a few losses. It can really change things up, especially with uh, you know another half of the season to go. That's it.
0: Well, look, a wise coach once told me that the difference between... Um a team that finishes somewhere in the bottom to the middle table versus the you know top half is usually a run of three or four wins in a row. You know, it's, it's not uncommon that three wins will just completely kickstart your team and they get, a, I guess, a renewed sense of confidence to go on and go out there and play. So, you know... Uh, Maybe take it that way. Who knows what will happen? Yeah, definitely
1: very wise.
0: Yeah, you know, you get a good win this weekend. Uh, this well tonight, and then you get a good win over the weekend. All of a sudden, um, it's a very different prospect. But yeah, um, that
1: six points that definitely shoots you up.
0: That's it. Now, all right, Nick. Thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate your time. Um, good luck for your game. Me on it. Now again, thank you. I know, I know that you've got up this doing this before a game um, is absolutely amazing. So I really do appreciate it. Best of luck for tonight. Um, I'll be following the socials to keep my eye on it. Hopefully, you manage to get um, the win against Ashfield. I think that that would be great for us and and the league. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah. good luck. Try mother. That's it. I'll be down at the game on um, Saturday. So if I, I get the opportunity, I'll stop you. I'll say hello and um, good luck for everything. Good luck for the rest of the season.
1: No, thanks very much for that, and I'll see you Saturday. Take care, Nick. You too.